Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show started. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Jared, what's been going hey, on, man? <laughs> what, what, um, what, uh, what were you up to the past weekend? Nice. Good start, Pat. Good start. Um, topical. Because it was Thanksgiving last week. That's right. Uh, we get a little, you know, we did a little preview for those that didn't know it was Thanksgiving last week um, in last week's episode. So it was pretty crazy. Um, actually, it wasn't that crazy. It's pretty typical for my Thanksgiving, which, but I like that. I go to one grandma's like in the morning, go to the other grandma's in the evening. Um, you know, kind of different styles, but um, all great food. No complaints. You know, you get to see the family, all the stuff, all the classics. All the classics. You know, uh, food-wise, uh, the grandma early on, instead of like the gravy being the big thing, it's she has these noodles that are kind of in this gravy type uh, sauce. You know, they're kind of like a noodles, almost like a soupy type noodles yeah, that you pour I over. I hate soup. It's not soup, Pat. You just said it's, it's soupy like. A soupy like. I mean, it's like it's like if you had noodles in a gravy type mixture you know and these noodles that you pour them over like the mashed potatoes and the and it's like it's their so version you, of you the gravy add the noodles yes to go over the turkey too it, it the goes stuffing. over everything yeah it's kind of like their my grandma's version of the gravy and then uh at the other one we always make this uh this check gravy that i had to make that my uncle will never write down what the english translation is okay um, so I have to write <laughs> every year i have to remember what the different check words are um for this dill gravy um so those are kind of the food highlights is it worth it it's, I like it a lot, but a lot of my family members do not like it. So it's really just about four of us that eat out of the uh, maybe. Tradition, man. Yeah, 15. So then I also did Thanksgiving to honor uh, Matt oh, Banks. that's right. And uh, Matt Banks made a last-minute appearance. Uh, we were happy. I was going to say, you can't have made... Thanksgiving and he's not there. We were actually planning on him not being there, but then he did end up being able to come. It was not for a good reason. It was for a funeral, but um, we were happy that he was there because he did get to celebrate with us. Here's a little uh, tip for everybody, Th- uh, turkey-wise. So I had actually cooked the turkey. I-, I basically made most of the food for this. We had like, I don't know, 15, 16 people there. Um, and I had to cook the food. So I, on this, I, this is the day after Thanksgiving. So here's a little tip for those that are cooking uh, turkey. There's something called spatchcocking, which sounds um, erotic. Never, yeah, never heard it. But uh, nothing to do with that, actually. So... There's a way, what you do is uh, with the turkey, you cut out the backbone. So like when you're just normally looking at the turkey, just the top of the backbone there, you literally just cut it out. And there's really no meat that you're getting off there anyway. And what happens, you do that, then you, you cut that and then you flip it over so that now you have this like, the part with the, na- with the backbone is now flipped over on the, on the table or on the cutting board, or whatever. Then you smash down. Then you like push down really hard on the breastbone, which is now, you know. Gross, man. You push it down it and makes, it flattens it out. It's kind of gross. Yeah. It's kind of gross. But you flatten it out. And then you th- cook it in whatever you normally cook it in, you know, a roaster or in the oven. And it literally can cook in less than half the time that it normally takes to cook a turkey. So, I mean, a lot of these times you're talking like four and a half hours they take to cook a cur- turkey if it's completely dethawed. Right. Right? Um, this one was not dethawed. Uh, all the way, like after I was cutting into the, we were, we were kind of desperate. I was late. I played a total Turkey bowl game in the morning. A lot of people came out to, uh, play total, ball with me. Um, then after that, I'm like, oh crap, you know, food's got to be ready in a couple hours here. So I started cooking it realistically about two hours before, and it still had part of the thing was frozen. And I cooked the Turkey in two hours with part of it frozen. So it makes um, a big difference. It's a huge difference. It's crazy. So, uh, for those. In the future, and it was apparently supposed to be more even as well. I thought it was, everybody enjoyed the turkey. Uh, nobody got sick, otherwise they would have told me, I think. Um, so, spatchcocking. Um, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So, that's, that's my, yeah. We actually, we had that happen where the turkey was 
in the oven for over four and a half hours and it wasn't done. Yeah. Then it got yeah. delayed almost an hour. So that's what I'm talking about, spatchcock. Yeah. I and never... it's fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing it wrong is? with that. I guess. Yeah. So so how was your Thanksgiving, Pat? Uh, I also had two dinners, but they're usually a little different. Uh, one side of the family, we usually add prime rib as Ooh. a second meat. Uh, it was just ham this year. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to complain. I don't I don't pay for the meal. Yep. You know? Yep. It's still great. Yep. And on the other side of the family, we usually throw in a Polish dish. It's usually like sausage, sauerkraut. Yep. There's a weird soup we make sometimes. You don't like soup, though. I hate soup. Yeah. Really don't like it. Um, but this year, both meals were like the exact same. Got it. So, Got it. Yeah. Um, Pat, uh, you know what? Sometimes at work, they call me the soup guy. The soup guy. Because there was one time uh, where I went to Lagunitas Brewery and with a couple of coworkers, and I ordered soup. It was warm, and I ordered soup still. And uh, the waitress gave me a hard time. And so since that time, I've been known as the soup guy to some people. Really? Um, you look like a soup guy. Yeah, I like soup, but you you do not like. You need soup. it for the hard body, man. That's the thing. You got low in calories. Yeah, you need you need a soft you know food for a hard body. That's kind of how, that how it works. Yeah, yeah, I've done the math. I guess um, so. And there it goes. Opposites. Yeah. It <laughs> was that mean? I'm eating too many hard foods. Too many hard foods, man. What's you know, a, I would not a say hard you're a soft food? body. I would not say you're a hard, you're a soft body. Rock I would candy. Say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rock candy. There you go. Potato Rock chips. candy would lead to a soft body. Potato chips are soft, but they're crunchy. There we go. That's like a medium body. I love me yeah. some chips. Yeah. You know what? We'll see how it turns out, Pat. Butter's Keep soft. Eating the chips. Butter's soft. Should lead to a hard body. It should. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Butter just goes squirting and splashing all over the place. So, um, Pat, I also went to a concert. You um, did? Yeah, I did, actually. You know, it's typically your thing. But um, I went to Atmosphere. It was my sixth time seeing Atmosphere, I realized. It was at Concord. Actually, I don't know who that is. You know who it is? No, I don't. Um, no, it's uh, kind of hip hop. Oh. Uh, white guy. White guy hip hop. White guy hip hop. Fine. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, everybody has different tastes, but we're most of the people in the audience white. Yeah, <laughs> it was white or Latino guys. Um, but uh, it was really good. I'd seen him six times, and then opened up for him was this guy named Dem Atlas, who was I, I didn't think was that great. And then the other opening act was Brother Ali. Brother Ali's I've seen um, four times, and they kind of all they they they've toured together a few times before. But Brother Ali is a uh, is inter- interesting because he's a um, albino guy. He's nice. Muslim, uh, and then he just he raps. So it's and he's he's got this huge white beard. He's hood. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very so he's uh he's good. Um, he's he's somebody that I actually prefer seeing um just listening to. Like, he's not as good live. Like, I think he's just got better songs recorded than he does live. Like, Atmosphere is very, very good live, uh, for those not seeing him. And have you ever seen uh, something at Concord Music Hall, Pat? Concord. It's pretty um, solid. Kind of smaller venue, but really kind of nice. I had tickets to go. I ended okay. up in the hospital. I didn't go. Okay, Whole why? Other story. Just, okay, yeah, we won't get it. You don't <laughs> want to get into that. I got pretty turned up at a wedding in St. Louis. No. I don't care. No, not interested. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's fine now. He's fine now, guys. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, so anyway, that was good. Uh, the concert, it was super long. Doors opened at seven. It got done at 1130. Wow. That's a, it was pretty long. Well, I mean, how many X was that? It was three. It's pretty normal. That You think that's pretty standard it's for pretty concert normal. time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, I, I don't know. Headliner's supposed to go an hour and a half to two hours. You got okay. 30 minutes in between sets. Okay. All right. Yay. What do I know? You know. go to more concerts than me. Yeah, I'll give you that, Pat. I'll give you that. It seemed long to me. I think a lot of times I see people is in. Uh, I, I go to more like uh, venues of like uh, like Summerfest, that type of thing, well, more than just, individual concerts. Just concert. go to see one band. Yeah, so I'm not used to the yeah the whole set thing. So uh, anyway, enjoyable, and it's nice about you know sometimes you go to these concerts and you hear songs that you don't didn't really you know know that you enjoyed or you hadn't really heard before. And uh-huh. so I like that kind of stuff too. But don't you always feel weird when you hear a song? You you end up really liking it after the yep. concert, and you wish you knew about it yes. before the concert because yes. it would have made it so much better. I've also had times where I liked a song a lot when they did it live, and then you listen to it, and it's like this song's actually not that good recorded. I've had that happen a few times. Samezies. There was a guy. There was a whole act. The guy named Blueprint uh, who opened up one time for Brother Ali in Milwaukee, and 
I was like, this guy's phenomenal. I'm like, this is guy's so good. And then I listened to his music record. I was like, this is, I don't even like this that much. <laughs> but for some reason, live, he was just really, really good. So, um, yeah, that was that. So that was cool. So, Pat, uh, we got in a second here. Also, we've got uh, Steve Ribeiro from Ramstock. He's been on the show before. Uh, he's going to talk some L.A. Rams with us. So, Pat. Rough stuff. More, yeah, that, yeah, Ram stuff. So, the I want to talk about uh, something that's been bothering me is the way Christmas lights are put up. Okay. So, I'm a big Christmas lights guy. You mean the actual fashion in which they're put up? More like uh, people would just know, like, sense of, you know. Decoration. Of decoration, yes. And it's not like I do have a ton. But here's the deal. Hey, man, you want here's to decorate deal. Christmas stuff for a living. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be a future so, of that. So you people, you, you typically have to choose. There's kind of three options here, right? You kind of have to choose the all-white lights, right? Like like in my house, we just go typically the all, all the lights are white on the outside. We had a decent amount. The or there's the colored ones. You go the all colored lights. You know the multicolored lights. I'm a colored light guy. Yeah. Or there is the you go like say you got a bunch of trees that are wrapped. You go one tree that's wrapped all white. One trap. One tree that's wrapped all green. One tree that's wrapped all red. Another one that's all white. You can do that kind of stuff. But you cannot go. Your house is lined with a white lights, and then you have some colored lights in the bushes. It doesn't look good. It, people notice this. Bad. This is just you know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you notice disagree this. with this. Okay. But the the issue with colored lights that people don't realize a lot, or maybe it doesn't bother them, but it bothers me a lot, is that it's so hard to get the colored ones to line up. Like if you get some strand from a few years ago and then you get some strand now, like the reds will be a little off. One will be more like an orange. One will be more like a red. There's like maybe a purple in there that the other one doesn't have. And then you've got these ones where it just looks really shitty. And I hate, I cannot, I, I appreciate somebody putting them up. I'd rather have somebody put them up than not put them up. But people, it bothers me that people don't notice this and don't like just replace the old lights with the new ones. It goes the same even, I, I walk past, sometimes I, I go on walks and I just walk past these houses that are super nice and somebody will have like, say I saw this the other day, they had a three car garage and they had these, just their outside house lights attached to the garage in between each garage door. And two of them were like a, a warm white and one was like a cool white. And it was like, you're just looking at this house and you've got one of these lights that's just a different color. And you're just like, you could buy, for these other two lights, you could spend at the most $15, you know, for these other two lights that just match the color. And then your house would look so much more so symmetrical. You prefer symmetrical versus contrast. I just, yeah. I mean, when you've got three lights that are the exact same that are next to three garage doors, they're supposed to all be the same. Color. But fine. Hey, hey, and the thing. Three garage doors. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. This isn't fancy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm walking past some fancy houses, and and they're, they can't even look at like I walk past and it just is. I can't I can't help but look away. Like I mean, I, I can't help but just stare at this as I'm walking by and just saying, "You're ruining you're ruining my night." Maybe by doing they're this. doing the best they can. They're out making money. <laughs> I don't think that's that's a really positive way of looking at it, Pat. But I that's not at all the case. These people just like they just do this thing, and somehow they just go through. They're gonna live at that house with these LED lights that are gonna last them the next ten years, and they're not even gonna notice to that somehow they they're just gonna blow past this whole life <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that just bothers me um hey dude maybe yeah. times are tough you know they got these super nice houses they have to afford paycheck yeah. to paycheck paycheck man. to just paycheck you're living high yeah doesn't, you know yeah doesn't mean you got bills for, yeah for those that don't know you can get some super cheap lights at costco um <laughs> <laughs> super cheap led lights there um that'll last a long time so that's the kind of just kind of uh uh, to me, you just gotta you gotta pay attention to that kind of stuff. So, but Christmas the, lights. the actual decorations don't ever bother you. It's just the lights not being symmetrical. Yeah, it, it's well, yeah. It just you gotta have just. And what, white, what's your take on lights on the grass? I'm. I think it's risky. Yeah, but I'm alright with it. I like I said. I just appreciate people putting up Christmas lights. I appreciate it. Um, but so anything is better than nothing, for in my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of the projector things. I don't like the things. No, that, like, yeah, me neither. They look shitty a lot, of especially like, when they, they make look, noise. Yeah, especially when they make noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad sleeping with the window open at night, you know. And come on, my window's never open. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. Yeah. So uh, no, it's you know, I'm just saying, if you're gonna do it, just think about you know, other people are looking at this. You know, you don't embarrass the kids. The kids are coming home on the school bus. That you know, all the kids in the school bus drive past the house on the way to the bus stop, and they're gonna drive past your house. And you're going to have, you know, some orangish light in the front. And then you're going to have, like, a white lights that are rounding your house. And it's just going to look bad. I mean, just don't do it. 
So we're going to call Steve here, uh, Steve Ribeiro, and get his ta- get his take on the Rams. Hi, this is Billy Bob Thornton. Welcome to my official website. And as Sage says, what's up? We're joined by Steve Ribeiro, uh, Ramstalk.net. Happy to be back on the chub. Yes, <laughs> happy to have you back, okay. Steve. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was confused when um, I listened to the show after I was on, and you guys had that guy that sang the theme song for like NBA hang time or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, how the hell am I the one before this guy comes on? <laughs> You know what, Steve? Uh, you know, people in the uh, in the Rams community would say, you know, how was this guy following, you know, you up? True, true. And that's that's why this is the best podcast. You get a wide variety of guests. Yes. <laughs> so we're definitely uh, we're definitely happy to have you on. And Steve, it's been a while uh, since you were on. Last time you were on, the Rams were three and one. Oh yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. <laughs> now we're what four and seven. Four and seven, uh, not as <laughs> not as optimistic of over the rest of the season as as maybe before. No, well I think last time I did say that it was probably fool's gold, and I didn't think it would be like this. I thought we'd be like maybe five and six at least, but uh, I did not expect a playoff run in our cards this year. Yeah, so Jared Goff has started the last two games. And yeah. uh, and maybe a little bit too late, you know, or maybe this was the right time. But uh, what have you seen from him so far? And do you think it was the right? I mean, like, should they have done this earlier? I mean, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, on I, that? Well, first, I think I understood why they didn't do it. Um, it made sense if they thought they're going to make a playoff run, and if he wasn't ready. I mean, we started out three and one, so it looked like the right call. I thought once we were three and four going to the bye, that's when we should have played him, gave him two weeks to get ready. We didn't do that, and then we kind of just wasted two games against the Panthers and Jets. We won one of them, but, I mean, we scored, I think, 19 points combined in those two games. So I would have started him after the after the bye, but we got him for two weeks so far. Um, week one, they or not week one, but his first game, they didn't really let him do anything. I think first drive, uh, we came out good. Todd Gurley had his longest touchdown run of the year, and we're up 7 nothing. And then we played the rest of the game like there was five minutes left, and we were trying to hold on to our 7 nothing lead. And so when we got to the end of the game, it was, I think, 10 to nothing, and they just scored two times in a row, and it was over. But, yeah, this week he looked good in the first half. He came out swinging. He had three touchdowns in the first half. He, I mean, it was against the Saints, whose defense is trash, so – it's tough to know if this was a fluke or if he actually looked good, but he definitely showed reasons why he was the number one pick. He made some great throws. He took some chances. They actually let him throw the ball deep, probably the first Rams game of the year where we threw the ball over 30 yards. Um, and then second half, he came back down to earth a little bit, but part of that was because our defense gave up touchdowns just about every possession. I think we lost 49-21. Yeah, that's insane for the, the Rams defense actually playing pretty decent this year. Yeah, well, it was the Saints' offense is obviously really good, and they made a big deal of it during the game. But I think most people who obviously don't give a shit about this game probably didn't realize that this is the first time the Saints and Sean Payne have played against Greg Williams, who was obviously the bounty gate guy with the Saints. So they were trying they were trying to torch his defense, and they definitely did that. Yeah, I think they had a, they had a vengeance to play on that guy. Yeah, and like the Willie Sneed, uh, they did a little trick play. Uh, that did not help the situation. That's kind of like yeah, uh, no. <laughs> a little dirt in the wound. It was ridiculous. And I was listening to a fantasy podcast today, and like from a fantasy perception on this game, Willie Sneed threw more touchdowns than Brandon Cooks had targets. So the game made no sense on that side of the ball. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I had uh, Brandon Cooks in a few leagues. Uh, We'll get, we'll talk to fan, we'll talk some fantasy in a little bit here. Um, so Pat, you had a Pat had a comment about uh, the Rams here. Yeah, I seen yeah. recently as of today. There's a few articles out saying Eric Dickerson's not allowed on the sidelines anymore because some of the players are getting offended at some of the things he's saying about their performance. And I guess my question is, and this could be just football in general, but specifically for the Rams, does he really belong on the sidelines during a game? And also, if they're not going to let him on, can you think of 
a living, not just a Rams guy, but an L.A. Rams former player that belongs there as much as Eric Dickerson. Yeah, honestly, I just found out about this a couple minutes ago, but, like, um, <laughs> I mean, if it's either that the Rams just don't want to take criticism on the sidelines, which I don't think is fair, but at the same time, hey, he's on the sideline as a courtesy, you know, he shouldn't be shitting on the players because he's not a coach. He's not really even involved with the team anymore. Um, and, I mean, for them to kick Eric Dickerson off the sidelines, he must have really not been, like, being good to these guys. You know, if anything, from watching the Rams play, most of it's on coaching. There is definitely times where guys don't come out and perform. But, I, don't know, I mean, if he's going to just be sitting there – ripping the players in half you know he's it, that's not his place well that's it's um, it sounds like all he's doing is bitching and complaining about the way they're playing so i kind of get like why, why does he have to be there but at the same time you don't want to kick a guy like that like essentially off the team you know no it's a it's a double-edged sword for sure but it's like it's like the jets aren't gonna let joe Namath on the sound if he's just gonna walk around drunk trying to kiss reporters you know it's yeah. like <laughs> you should be kicking Eric Dickerson off the sidelines, but like, why is he there just ripping on players? Like, yeah. <laughs> he should be there enjoying the, the game. Yeah. Or, you know, just giving constructive criticism. Because I'm sure if he walked up to Todd Gurley and gave him advice instead of just being like, Todd, you're playing like garbage, like, I'm sure they'd let him stay on the sideline. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to have some constructive criticism, I think, is key. You can't, you can't just, nobody wants to just hear, you know, there's negative comments after negative comments. What's yeah, the point? And even that, like, he's not a coach on the team. Like, I'm not a if coach. A coach, it would be different, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I do want to talk some fantasy uh, football here, Steve. And I want, to, I want you to explain, uh, I, I want you to hear how rigged, everybody likes to hear about everybody else's fantasy football, especially people not involved in fantasy football. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's so, the rest. so here's, here's the one thing I'll say about uh, my personal team, and this will be it. Um, so I'm in, I'm in five leagues this year, which is a little bit over the top. Um, and I, I'm projected to be in the playoffs in all of them, except for the one that I'm nine and three in. And wow. the, so, so the reason for this is, is because I have a, uh, a crooked commissioner that has uh, two conferences set up where there, where the top team from each conference makes the playoffs. It's a 12 man league with four teams make the playoffs. The top team from each conference makes the playoffs and then the next two best records. So I'm going to be in a conference with two guys with a 10 and two record and me and another guy with a nine and three record. And, um, and I'll have a few less points because there's a few times earlier in the year where I benched guys when I was already up by a ton just to get a better waiver position. So I won't make, and somebody on the other league on the other conference will make it with like a seven and five record. And, uh, yeah, I've I've dabbled with divisions in fantasy in my league yeah, I don't like it. Just because stuff like that happens. And normally when you have divisions, you play the teams in your division more. Like, I'm in a dynasty league, and we probably have, like, three to four of the best teams in the league. And the other division has, like, one. Yeah. So I, I don't like it. I'd rather just have the full league. Yeah, no, okay. So I'm going to use that little clip um, right there, official Steve Ribeiro <laughs> clip for my – uh, I'm going to do a strongly worded letter to the commissioner uh, about how upset I am. So yeah, – this week and see yeah. that I might be a bit of a fraud. <laughs> I, I saw your picks this this week and uh, and I've seen your picks in the past and I always I always look at your start sets and usually they're pretty solid. This was not one of your better weeks. No, um, I did okay on my sits outside of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. But I think I I whiffed every one of my starts. Like Rashad Jennings has three good weeks. Yeah. I finally put him in there and then nope six points against Cleveland, who's a horrible a horrible team. Uh, yeah, so. like what? Yeah, no, nobody sees that coming. So, Steve, what are your fantasy projections on who finishes uh, hot the rest of the year? Like, who do you who do you think are going to be the top guys, kind of top quarterback type, top wide receiver, top running back, and who's kind of going to slow down? That's doing really good right now. All right, well, I think he's got a couple good weeks left, but I know Colin Kaepernick's hot right now, which is kind of out of nowhere. But he has a pretty tough playoff schedule. So if you know if you're starting someone like Mariota, he's definitely a hot option this week. Um, guys, that'll you know I this might be Homer, but I'm still not giving up on Todd Gurley. Um, he 
the first half like with Goffin, he looked a lot better. He actually broke some holes. So um, they have a tough schedule in terms of who they're playing coming up. The Rams, have, but it's um, it's like it's Atlanta and New England, so it's not going to be as tough for the offense. Obviously, the defenses will probably get torched. But if you've if you've got Gurley and you're actually in the playoffs, you know you got to keep playing him. Kudos to you if you took him in the first round and managed to get there. Um, hmm. Who else? Sammy Watkins, if you manage to nab him in waivers, he's a guy that's going to be on the come up. One guy that I was high on that I'm not sure about anymore, though, is Thomas Rawls. Um, he's going to be the starter the rest of the way. He had 12 rushes for 38 yards this week, no touchdowns, nothing in the passing game. He, the rest of the season is Carolina, Green Bay, L.A., Arizona, so it's not the most ideal schedule. Green Bay, you might be able to do something against, mm-hmm. but that's a guy who you got to – I would keep on my bench probably for another game and see if he can make something happen. If not, you know, odds are if you have Thomas Rowe at this point, you have other options if you're doing well. Yeah. So that's a guy yeah. to keep on. Cool. And a guy to look out for if – He's been iffy. He just, Corey Coleman just had his first good game, just scored. There's been rumblings that RG3 might come back week one when they both played. Corey Coleman had a great game. They had rapport. So if RG3 comes back week 15, 16 in the playoffs and you've got Corey Coleman, he might be a sleeper to put up some big numbers. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You never know what Cleveland's going to be. They're kind of a wild card, and by wild card, I mean they suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But some going to win this week. I, I don't know if they're going to win a game. <laughs> they they might not. I mean, that would be you know make no, Detroit fans feel a lot better. Not and it's like they're definitely better than the Lions were the year they went defeated. Like I yeah, think I feel that same way. Better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lately they've been falling apart, but their first couple games, like first six games, they were in them all for the most part. Yeah. Do you think this is kind of karma for the Cavs winning a tra- uh, championship, the uh, Indians being in the World Series? Do you think blowing it. Blowing it, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely a little bit. And it's also karma for you guys in Chicago that you got my boy starting out there, Matt Barkley. That's <laughs> <laughs> your boy. <laughs> Cubs win a World Series. You got to deal with the Bears again. That's a good point. That's a good point. Hey, that's valid. No, I love Matt Barkley. I heard he was actually not that bad. Uh, a ton of drop passes. Yeah, it was crazy. I've never seen so many drop passes in a game. And they actually did a highlight reel of drop passes about five minutes before uh, the Bears threw a a drop like a, a pass to Josh Bellamy that would have won the game. It, the defender, the cornerback, had fallen down behind him, like an eight yard pass to the end zone, and a Josh Bellamy drops it. Uh, it was and not then, not in the NFL, man. Not in the NFL. I mean, there was there was two there was two drop passes in the in the in you know, like between first and fourth and goal, you know, I mean, like to win the game, they could easily win the game. Um, yeah. With all the injuries at this point, your offense is fielding a lot of not NFL players besides Jordan Howard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, like, uh, I love it's Matt rough. Barkley, but uh, he's, he's had his shot in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll, he'll get a few more shots. I'm sure because <laughs> the team is bad. The team's real bad. Yeah. Well, I, like you said, drop passes. I actually like, Heard he played all right. Like, yeah. All things considered, with who was out there, De- definitely in the second half he played he didn't pretty get decent. Frustrated? Yeah. No, he didn't. Well, it's hard to get frustrated when your team just sucks so much. I guess. What are you frustrated about? It's like you're very low expectations. It's kind of a good way to go through life with these super yeah, low it's expectations. Like he didn't expect to play this year. Like, yeah, he's just like, having a good time. Yeah, exactly. I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy myself out here. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, last thing with fantasy here. Uh, this this year, our fantasy football punishment is the winner of the league gets to make a bumper sticker that has to go on the loser's car for the whole year. Oh, that's good. How do you like that? That's good. That's not yeah. like too insane. Yeah. That's like you're not making someone get a tattoo of something stupid. Yeah. Like that's that's a pretty fair punishment. Okay. Have you heard any uh, other good ones that you like? No. Well, we we have one. Um, the classic is you have to go take the SAT. I feel like that's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Our league. My my cousin who runs the league, his dad came in last, so he literally ordered a trophy with a piece of poop on it, and it just said, in honor of a truly shitty performance. But he's kept it in his cabinet all season. He didn't bring it to the draft, so I feel like before the year ends, we have to take him, get him dressed up in a suit, and take him to like a professional photo shoot with his shit trophy, yeah. just to commemorate the performance. Yes, I totally, totally agree with that. So... Uh... 
Steve, right before this, you were talking to me about how you are stuck in a, uh, a you know, yeah, yeah. Stuck with The Walking Dead. Stuck with The Walking Dead, yeah. Yeah, what do you think of this season, honestly? Um, y- you know what? I I feel like this season, how I feel like most of the seasons, uh, which is just kind of like, uh, it's watchable, but I would never recommend the show to anybody. Um, yeah. And... It, it's one of those. I started. I watched Fear the Walking Dead. But what happens is that me and my friends get to ever get get together every Monday. We grill and then we watch The Walking Dead after, and um, it's almost like a punishment uh, for, for, <laughs> for enjoying the food. Yeah, it's it's like that. This season, I think it's been all right, but it's yeah. like the whole season could have been done in two and a half episodes. Yeah, like they just drag it on and yeah, drag that's it what on. They, it's like. They just now they're in this form where they have to commit. Like if they have three different storylines, like, well, no, we can't put these in the same episode. That's ridiculous. They each yeah. need forty-five minutes plus like thirty minutes of commercials yeah. because that's not enough time. Yeah. Like this week, I don't know if you watch it, but this week the entire episode was about Tara. Well, now you just ruined the episode for me, and you ruined it for all the <laughs> well, fans. No, out you there. find out in the first minute that the whole episode is about Tara because no other characters are in it. <laughs> yes, no, I love the, yeah the love that just throw away episodes like that. The show's full. Like what? Like, they did two with Beth back in the day. Like, yep. It's yep. like, and then randomly there will be, like, a great episode, and then you will be like, oh, yeah, this show can be good at times. <laughs> then we have to wait eight more episodes of Tara yep. walking around for the yep. next one. I didn't yep. ask for no, this. I just hope it ends so that I can just end my misery, you know? <laughs> I don't think but, it's ever going to end. Although <laughs> viewership's finally declining. It's, like, the yeah. first time ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, no. you people are stronger, stronger willed than I. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, Steve, uh, did you have anything else for us? Oh, I, I don't think I've ever asked this. I'm sure you said it before. I know you wrapped up the Brendan Fraser movie review recently. Yes. What What's number one on the list and what's at the bottom of the list? Maybe there was some really, it's going to be easier, I think, to think of a worst one than a best one. Um, because it's like, just because I think it's the best doesn't mean it's actually his best movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. like your favorite. What's, like. Okay. Um, okay. Some of these ones later were really bad. Uh Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine anything from the last like eight years has been good. It, well, some actually some of the worst ones were kind of like early, um, early on. So like Dudley Do Right. Dudley Do Right was was not great. <laughs> it was not great. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, the worst one by far, Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Mists. Um, <laughs> which which again was deceiving because it has Sinbad. I love Sinbad, but nothing to do with Sinbad the comedian. Um, this, oh, this, wow. if just, if you just Google image, like it, part of it that bothers me so much is just the animation is so, is so bad. And <laughs> it's, it's like, it's unwatchable animation. It'd almost be better to just listen to it as a podcast, um, for an hour and a half than have to sit through watching it because it's just, it's so, so hard to just look this at. This looks like, like a shitty PS1 video game. It's exactly, it's <laughs> exactly what it looks like. Or even that, maybe like an early '90s computer game. Like, yeah. it might be even lower than. So, <laughs> with a really loose storyline, and uh, it's 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 bad. Um, I, I'm very impressed. You sat through 65 Brendan Fraser movies. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was probably my least favorite. Um, one, you know, I, I Bedazzled is up there with me with with one of my favorites, just because it's so it's there's so many he's doing so many different characters. Yeah. Um, that's up there, and then and then the mummy. I think you can't go wrong with the mummy. I think there's a uh, reason. Yeah, there's a reason it was so huge. Yeah. Um, and then the last, the last, yeah. I mean, if I had to check between check between those two, I might go with the mummy. I think it's probably just a maybe a little. I, I don't. I probably go with. I go be dazzled. Just it's the most Fraser like movie, just because he's doing all the weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a legend for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, those. Th- thank you for asking that, though, Steve. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I figured we had to bring old Brennan back into the mix. Yeah, exactly. While. Yeah. Now we're going through Goldblum, and uh, we'll see how those, we'll how those end up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in love cool. With the Chinese. All right. Well, chair. thank you, Steve. We'll definitely have to, we'll have to have you back on in a few weeks, and then uh, see maybe the Rams get closer to their, uh, you know, eight and eight, or yeah, or maybe it's not I'm looking sure. like it. Downfall. Yeah. Hopefully we get closer to Fisher being fired, but yeah. <laughs> that also is probably down. At least you got something to root for, right? The man can stay around forever. 
around. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to, he knows how to do it. He definitely knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Steve, we will talk to you soon and thank you for calling in. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Yeah. Great. Great call from Steve. Great call from Steve. So, uh, Pat, did you have anything you wanted to get to? Uh, pick one of the two. Do you want bitch what or you want booze news? Um, let's do bitch what because we have an intro for intro that. Intro for it. <laughs> I said bitch. Bitch what? Bitch 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 I watched Ole Miss versus Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl. Oh, the Egg Bowl. I myself watched Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, I, I actually saw some of that game. I hate both teams. Yeah, not so big fans of either of those Very goals. tough to root for either one. I, yep. I knew I was going to be bitter no matter what it came out to yes. be. But did you see the cheap shot with Notre Dame and USC? No, I did not. Did you hear about it? No, I did not. Okay, so Jerry Tillery okay. on Notre Dame. Yep. There was a USC running back. I forgive me for butchering his name, but I believe it's Aka Cedric Ware. That's exactly right. This dude got knocked out almost. Yeah, like he looked concussed. I don't know if they ever came out with what was bothering him. Yeah, uh, Tillery walks over and gives him a kick to the helmet. Oh God! As he's on the ground after this guy basically got knocked out. Yes. Wow. And then yeah. following that, stomped on the foot. Of an offensive lineman mm. on USC, Zach Banner. Mm. Uh, Notre Dame lost that game. Um, it was forty something. I think it was like forty-two twenty-seven or something like that. Um, what is this guy thinking? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, for one, Notre Dame. I I grew up a Domer. Yeah. Big Golden Domer fan. Yeah. Um, this is not a good year for them at all. No, bad actually, year. it's probably the worst in recent memory. Yeah. I mean, I could think back to the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas one year, and I think this season's worse. Um, so not having a good season, yep. why add that kind of PR nightmare yep. to this? And, and especially from somebody that wants to get play, assuming wants to play in the NFL. Does he not know how many cameras and angles there are? Yeah. Somebody was going to catch that no matter what. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that's it, a, yeah. Okay. So the helmet kick looks a little sneaky. Yeah. He could have called that, but he just goes and walks on the dude's foot. Right just steps that. on his foot. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, you play for Notre Dame. Yep. <laughs> Come on. It's a big academic school. Yep. It's supposed to be high class. You yep. can't be doing that. Um, yeah. And the, the worst part about it is nothing has been done about it yet. The kid hasn't been suspended, hasn't been kicked off the team. No punishment so far. No punishment. What would the punishment? Yeah. I mean, it's. Dude, it's, you kicked this child yeah, off no, the you, team. Yeah, no, you should get yeah suspended a few games, something like that. Well, they're going to be done. They're done now. They are done. So what do you. Uh, yeah, yeah, suspend them the rest of the season, at least. Yep. Well. Just, Take away a scholarship if he has one. Yeah, I mean that's that would be it, crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not just a terrible move as a human being. No, it's yeah. but it just it puts adds so much fuel to the fire of what the season's been going on already. Yeah. the head coach has to stand up for himself. I yeah. mean, a lot of people are saying next year might be it. Yeah, no, and then to, to, to do something, how hard does he kick the guy's head? Pretty it good. Didn't look very hard, but the guy okay. looked like he was. He yeah, was, I mean that's just so ridiculous. Dude, yeah. he was seeing stars. Yeah, you know. So did I tell you this? So I, you know, I play a lot of pickup football. And did I tell you about my friend who got a concussion the other day? Did I tell you about this? First time I had ever seen, like, I had ever seen a legit, like, so my friend Daniel, uh, shout out to Daniel. He had jumped up. He caught a long pass. Um, it was a good catch. You know, we'll skip all the details of the thing. But he lands on his head. He lands on his back, slams his head on the ground. And he gets up and he walks over to me. And he says, hey, what happened? I'm like, oh, man, uh, he threw you balls, like, probably 50 yards. You cut, jumped up, caught it, landed the ground, hit your head, you know. And he's like, oh, did I catch him? I'm like, yeah, you caught it. 30 seconds later, he asked me, hey, so what happened? I go, um, you know, you, you jumped up, you caught the balls, like, 50 yards, good catch, you know. He's like, oh, did I catch it? Yeah, yeah, you caught it. You're good. 30 seconds later, he asked me the same thing. He asked me the same thing eight times uh, over good. and over again. Yeah. And did not had no recollection when it got to like the sixth time I was like, I'm just gonna write this down for you because you're asking me the same thing over and over again. He's like, what are you talking about? And he like had no idea. This is the first time I had legit like seen like how kind of scary that is, and it's a it is crazy thing. Like it's wow. not messing around with that kind of stuff. So uh, he went to the ER after that and they did a CAT scan and you know it was 
he would end up being, you know, no long-term damage or anything like that. But he had to sit out a few weeks from doing any like crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just a weird, I mean, it's crazy when you, if you watch the movie concussion, you kind of see how they under, you ever seen the movie, Pat? No. S- solid movie. Yeah. Um, you see how like the NFL has underplayed that in the past and stuff like that. And these guys just go, when they have these concussions and keep playing through that, they just go crazy. Like, you know, it just destroys your mind. You have like the mind of a, you know, like a 80 year old man when you're, 80 year old man with dementia when you're like you know 50 middle age yeah 40 50 so it's crazy um on a brighter note we have some emails oh <laughs> so but email the show chubstep.podcast at gmail.com so uh pat why don't you read this first one but baby it's chub outside yep <laughs> from michael thomas james yes hey december dudes now that we are sleigh bells deep in winter, what is the one thing you don't want for Chrissy? Let's get them carols going, MTJ. Yeah, so what do you not want for Christmas, Pat? Or Chrissy? I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> what do I not want? Yeah. <coughs> I don't want to be sick. Um, I don't know. I never really thought about what I don't want. That's why it's a good question. Something that awkwardly has happened to me a few times in my life when the whole gift-giving thing was big when you were a yeah. kid, I get something from my parents, and then one Ooh. of my aunts and uncles would give me that same thing. Ooh, that's happened. I've had that happen. I, I have to yep. act like surprised when they get it from yep. me, you know? Yep. I, I feel so uncomfortable opening gifts in front of people in general. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a big part of Christmas. I know. It's, <laughs> it's well, you know, that's America's Christmas. Can I, can, yeah. <laughs> Pat's Christmas says, hey, can I bring these presents down to the basement? I want to check them out on my own. Exactly. Um, I don't think I'd want uh, any clothes I don't plan on wearing. That happens sometimes. Wrong size. Yeah. Uh, this this little guy over that's, here ain't a medium no more. Yeah. Don't look good. <laughs> that's that's what I was about to say. I think is uh, my number one would be kind of clothes that I things that uh, somebody would expect me to use or wear that I don't want to wear. So like some sort of clothes that I don't actually like. If I got something like that, that like oh the person would be like oh how come I never see you wear that. Yeah. it's like well it's, i don't well, really like you know it you see me like eight times a year yeah <laughs> yeah but you know what like that type of thing uh, especially if it was somebody maybe like closer like uh, oh i'm sorry for cutting you off no it's okay cut gift me cards off. gift cards you don't like gift cards uh, especially when they're somewhere specific yeah like, who says i shop at old navy hey because i don't <laughs> <laughs> on the record pat saying is not shop at old navy he's a big gap guy though <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's interesting sometimes when you get the restaurant gift cards i hate the um wait, what's it called oh sorry cheesecake factory you hate the cheesecake I hate factory the cheesecake yeah factory. yeah but you have a lot of gift cards there i got a few yeah the day. <laughs> i hate yeah. that place it's it is it, gift cards are one of the things you're like what like this is such a rigged system like because yeah. well you what? never spend at all yeah i feel like there's so many people where there's like two dollars left yeah. on it and yeah. then they never shop at that store again yep that's how they make money. Some people don't use them at all. It's super smart for the businesses. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as – and it, I, I can see, like, I kind of get the restaurant-type thing if it's, like, a cool place that you know the person would like but maybe would never go unless they had a gift card. That's really the only good opportunity for it. But, like, most of the times it's, like, you know, I'd rather just have a cash or, like, an Amazon one where I could yeah. get a bunch of different stuff. Um, but you can't just give people cash for, no. for Christmas. They don't like that very much. Uh, so Pat's gift cards, mine would be clothes. I don't, uh, I don't enjoy wearing. Yeah, because then it's a force. I mean, because anything else you can basically return, and clothes you can return to, but it's almost just a little bit more awkward. I don't. Know, it seems a little more personal. I got um, sexy Santa Claus boxers one year with uh, sleigh bells on them. Yeah, I haven't worn them once. Oh, you should post a picture with them on for Chubstep. I should on the Facebook page. It was a grab bag gift. Ooh, secret <laughs> Santa. <laughs> That's a risky uh, grab bag. Oh, Did no. they fit you? Uh, they did at the time. I don't know. Okay. If <laughs> yes. Okay. So here's the here's the next question. Um, this is from Scott, and it says, "Will I ever learn to love again?" Follow up <laughs> question: Will you teach me right now? I don't know, Jared. You, you have a lyrical soul, man. I do have a you lyrical like your soul. Christmas lights all symmetric. <laughs> will, will I ever learn to love again? Uh, yeah, Scott. I think you will learn to love again. I uh, surprise yourself. So surprise yourself. Yeah. Learn to love again. It might not be a person. Yeah. But you'll, you'll I would, I would go ahead and say that uh, that most people in life have fallen in love more than once. And so if you can do it twice, you can do it again. Dude, let me tell you 
I couldn't have Jardinera for the longest time because that's all I put on anything. And you know what? It went away for a while. I missed it. I'm in love with Jardinera again. There you go. It goes on everything. I put it on eggs. I put yep. it on pizza. Yep. I put it on my sandwich. I put it on my hot dogs. I love Jardinera. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a break. I don't think I'm going to top that answer. Uh, would you like the hot Jardinera? Oh, yes. I prefer most things hot. Yes. So do I. As do I. Yes. Can I wear protection? Um, the mild's nice. But the, the hot gives you the little kick. Yes, it does. It mm-hmm. does. My uncle recently made this stuff uh, that's similar to a jardinera. It's kind of like a pickled um, series of vegetables that are like Moroccan flavor. I don't know. They're like Moroccan. curry and cumin and some other stuff. It's very. It's like a hot, sweet type of. Uh, it's it, but it's like jardinera type vegetables in it. Right. It's pretty solid. Uh, big fan of that. And so, will we teach Scott? Will we teach him right now? How would we teach him to love right now? I'm telling you from my story, just give it yeah. a break. Just give it a break. Oh, give it some space, Scott. D- don't look for it. You can't force it. Yeah. You can't force it. it. Come on. Come on, Scott. Yeah. So uh, email the show, jumpstep.podcast at gmail.com. We got, we're going to, I got a lot of other topics to talk about, but we're going to have to skip those till next time just to get through this uh, Jeff Goldblum movie review. Oh, yes. Hi. 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 I'm Chef Goldblum. You, you interest me strangely. You have, uh, you have, uh, uh, tapped into some kind of secret vein. Why would you do that to Goldblum? <laughs> What's Goldblum ever done to you? What's Goldblum ever done to you? Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. <laughs> because she's sweet and like a peach, and like a juicy and sweet. You, you're afraid to be too Goldblum. He no. thinks if he smells Goldblum, he's gonna be Goldblum. By jamming them into his pocket. <sighs> I'm gonna get my Goldblum on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, people always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me? This is 1998's The Prince of Egypt. Nice. You ever seen this, Pat? Never even heard of it. You know what is funny? Because Egypt. I, I'm thinking about the Mummy. This is nothing like the Mummy. Unfortunately, it's nothing like the Mummy. This is directed by three people: Brenda Chapman. She was the writer on Brave, The Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. Some big ones. So you, you can guess what type of movie this is. Uh, cartoon. Cartoon. Yep. Animated Anime. movie. Anime. That's the word they look for. Yeah. Excuse me. Stephen Hickner and Simon Wells all direct this. So, um, this is starring big cast here. I'm gonna read off this cast here. Val Kilmer. <laughs> uh, plays Moses slash God. That's a big, that's a big cast. Right well, 1998, there. 1998. That's a big cast. <laughs> there's a lot more people. First of all, there's a lot more people. Just, that's a <laughs> good gonna, starting. I'm gonna fall over. That's a good starting guy in 1998. Here's a little uh, Val Kilmer thing for you guys. If you guys have not seen the movie The Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau, it is a documentary about the making of the movie called the island of the doctor the island of dr moreau which i have not seen the island of dr moreau but this documentary about the making of it is really interesting it was like this it was like this movie that started off with this one guy's like oh we should make this good movie based on this book that all these other people have kind of messed up making the movie in the past then it just gets this it escalates into this huge you kind of just see how the movie business like something it just excuses huge budget where people are going way over the top marlon brando was in this movie and val kilmer starred in it and they just talk about how insane the two of them were and just it's a really good documentary um it doesn't sound that interesting from what i'm saying and you don't need to see the island of dr moreau to enjoy this movie because i've never seen it and i enjoyed it you just see how these like it's just crazy how this movie just escalates into this and ends up being just a really shitty movie. So um, Val Kilmer's in that. Anyway. Um, Why isn't Val Kilmer on the scale? Because <laughs> the scale is the Independence Day scale that I do for Jeff Goldblum is just for people well, that you, are in Independence Day. movie was loaded. So. Well, I'm going to keep going through it. Yeah, it's a good point. It would be good. Uh, Ralph Fiennes, uh, he is Ramsey's in this. So he's in Schindler's List. Do you know who he is? He looks a lot like Liam Neeson. And they're both in Schindler's Dude, List together. I Schindler's List when I was like 13. Okay. Well, this guy, he looks like. Anyway, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is in this. Uh, Sandra nice. Bullock. Nice. Double nice. Danny Glover. Okay. Patrick Stewart, who is Professor Xavier in X-Men. He's okay. a bald guy. Yeah. Baldy guy. Bald. Uh, Helen Mirren. Steve Martin. Martin Short. And Jeff Goldblum. With Jeff Goldblum. Nice. That's a... Finish it off strong there. That's a, it's a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid lineup. Jeff Goldblum is playing... Um, Aaron, and he is he is supposed to be Moses's brother. So the whole this is the story of Moses, uh, basically parting the Red Sea. Parting the Red Sea. That's at the very end. 
Um, just don't spoil it. <laughs> well, you just said that. So uh, Moses was in the movie. Moses is a is a Hebrew uh, Hebrew boy that gets picked up by the king and queen in this Egyptian time, and he is raised to be one of them. And then he finds out that he is Hebrew, and then he kind of gets talking to from God and then he wants to like free the Hebrew people that are slaves from these Egyptians like pharaohs. So uh, that's a, that's the basic story right there. It's the rundown. Um, not the movie with the rock the rundown. Hey! I'd heard the sound of thy holy trumpet and took not warning. He has clearly wandered too far from the word of God. This is the rundown of the movie. So this okay here's what i'll say about this animated movie i had actually seen it i had forgotten i'd seen it until i started watching it again which is never a great sign but it actually does a pretty decent story of telling the story of Moses. it's pretty decent job of telling the story of moses um opposed to like the ten commandments which is very long movie and very very long and i would not something a kid would enjoy if, if like a kid if a parents are trying to teach their kids about moses or something religious or something like this this would be good movie for them um it, it has some song it, i don't like when the disney th- i know a lot of like the disney things do like the songs just randomly in there yeah. which i'm never just a huge fan i was never no. just a huge fan of that it and i get the, like a musical yeah they throw in like random parts where they're singing and i'm just never i get it like people enjoy that a lot i'm never a huge fan of that they had a lot of that in this it's very like uh disney very disney you know it's very like hercules and you know um milan and all those ones so big budget you know a lot of people in this it's to me it's a it's a middle tier uh because it's not a bad movie but like it it, there's a reason that it's not doesn't hold up with the test of time with some of these other like big movies you know like it came out a similar time to lion king and little mermaid and those type of things and uh but it does a pretty decent story of telling the moses type thing in a in a different type of you know theatrical sense with the animation and stuff like that you think people were less interested because of the uh the subject matter Probably that probably yeah. had a big factor with it, so I think that's probably why it's uh, not doesn't hold up as well. But I think it does a decent job at it. So uh, I'm going to say this is a Herrick, Harry Connick Jr. This is a middle tier on the Independence Day scale, which is for those for a reminder, uh, bottom tier is Randy Quaid. It's a bottom tier Jeff Goldblum movie. <laughs> middle tier is a Harry Connick Jr. And then a top tier is a Jeff Goldblum on the Jeff Goldblum movie review scale. So done with that. Let's do real quick into some Tanzania news. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure, and scientists claim that these patients are now transmitting You know what Fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Yeah, Fugazi. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a wazi. It's a fairy dust. What are you, from Tanzania? Yes, I am. So, um, Tanzania suspends anti-AIDS programs. Oh, um, that's a th- you know that's a problem in Africa. It is a problem with here. So uh, this is talking about how thirty uh, percent of gay men in Tanzania are HIV positive, and they say that could rise. So last month, the Minister of Health announced that Tanzania will ban HIV/AIDS outreach projects aimed at gay men pending a review. The forced that forced the closure, at least temporarily, of U.S.-funded programs that provided testing, condoms, and medical care to homosexuals. This is more uh, specific to homosexuals. Apparently, there's a big—Africa's uh, not as forward-thinking um, as the rest of the, the world. Shocking. So, okay, so here, here's like a little thing here. Sorry. Uh, any attempt to commit unnatural offensive is illegal and severely punished by law. Um, somebody said in the statement, I can, I can pronounce his name, people convicted of gay sex in Tanzania can be jailed for up to 30 years. Oh, wow. So like not allowed? Yeah, not allowed. Oh. Um, it's not a free country, man. It's not a free country. Not so much. So, like I said, not so forward thinking. Uh, so, now, so they're, the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief, launched by George W. Bush with bipartisan support has become one of the most important U.S. assistance programs ever in Africa. And Tanzania is an example of its success. Since 2002, the overall HIV-AIDS rate in the country has declined from 12% over to 5%. It's 12% in the whole country? Now it's 5%. That's still a large It's number. still a large, yes. Um, so it's been growing, but now um, it is 
going away uh, because they are banning this because it's there's just a lot of homophobic rhetoric from government officials, which will only drive already vulnerable populations underground. That's a quote that I just read, um, but it was relevant to the thing. So uh, this is just kind of a crazy thing. You just kind of don't kind of think it's just one of those things that now, you know, you, we live in our country and it's just like such a, you know, you don't even think about it. Right. But you look at these countries like Tanzania and this is literally somebody go to jail for 30 years. I don't know how they catch that. Uh, you know, yeah. It's suspicious. I would imagine it would be private. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would think. Um, and so people in Tanzania are upset and uh, the U.S. is doing what they can, but also Tanzania doesn't really like the U.S. support in things, it seems like. You know, they don't really want uh, the U.S. Help. They don't want the U.S. help, and that's clear. So uh, that's not great. No. No, this is not a great story. That's a shockingly large number. 5% is crazy. 5% is a lot of people. How many people are in Tanzania off top of your um, head? You know? Well, here's what it says here. The number of people receiving treatment has grown in the past five years from 289,000 to over 700,000. So 700,000 people are receiving treatment, and that's not even everybody that would have it. That's just 700,000 oh, wow. people in uh, Tanzania. Explain as you would a child. So Tanzania population, 49.25 million. Oh, so, but let's think of how many people that is that would have it then. So, forty-nine point two five million. Yeah, two and a half million. Nice job, Pat. Two and a half million people have it in the country, which is that's a lot of people. It is. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, so it's the the program helped a lot, and now uh, so here. But since President Mugafuli was elected last year, the government's tolerance on the issue has disintegrated. Although Mr. Mugafuli has not yet said anything publicly about homosexuality, a number of his appointees have made harsh remarks. So he's not a big fan and therefore stuff's going away. Not great. Come on, figure it out, Tanzania. Figure it out. Um, Pat, we will... <laughs> it's hard to end the show on that note. Um, here's, a, here's a positive thing I'll say. Next thing, next week I'm going to talk about... Uh, there was a, a high school football scenario that went to a legal situation. Yes, did you hear about that? I did. Well, let's just talk about that then. Then I, we'll end I, it. I used to play against Fenwick in high school. Okay, so so what happened? Do you know the story here, Pat? I do. do you want to say it? Yeah, say it. Uh, essentially, there were four seconds left. Uh, the between Fenwick and Plainfield North, Plainfield North, in the semifinal to go to the state, state championship, Fenwick was up uh, by three. Four seconds left, and there was a, an intentional grounding call that turned the ball over, and also allowed one untimed play to happen. Yeah. Ended up resulting in a field goal. Ended up Plainfield North winning the game in overtime going for it. Uh going yep. for two. Yeah. And they succeeded. But the argument is is that the call for the intentional grounding was wrong and that Plainfield North had no business tying that game, going mm-hmm. into overtime, winning and heading to the state championship. Yeah. So so what so what they wanted to do here is that uh the team that lost, which was Fenwick, correct? Correct. Fenwick uh, wanted to bring this to a legal, tried to get this uh, legally changed so, so that they would go down to the state championship yeah. game. Here's my thing. With the legal system. If, and everyone I've asked who says that they've seen the play, I can't find it online. Yeah. But a number of people have told me that the call was wrong. Yeah. The referees admitted after the game they blew the call. Like, yes. how can you do that? Well, they did that, and IHSA admitted that it okay. was the wrong call, which is the Illinois high anyway, school. Anyway, you settle it there. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you take this to after. court. <laughs> if you take this to court and it, get, and it you know, it didn't overturn in court. Yeah. But if that overturns in court, that is just a slippery slope for the yes. future of high school that's what they sports. said. That's what they literally you, said. You cannot overturn yeah. a game in court, no yeah. matter what the stakes are. So, in 2014, in Oklahoma – Somebody tried doing the same thing, and then the judge literally exact words were uh, slippery slope, and they don't want to start dealing with the results of would, sports events. You know, and, that would just – it's like Major League Baseball and, um, you know, review. Yeah. Every little thing gets reviewed now. Yeah. yeah. Every game get, that had a questionable call yeah. would get reviewed. And yeah. It's just – you can't do that. No, you not, cannot Not at the high school level. Not at any level. Not at any level, but especially not high school level. You settle it there. Yeah. Just figure it. Exactly. It's, it's very unfortunate because – you know, I can't imagine the feeling of feeling like you got robbed for something you yeah. worked for for so long. And then also the other team, everyone's saying they don't belong there. Yeah. And um, they did lose they to did. East St. Louis in the, in the state championship. Well, East St. Louis is the, like, winningest football program. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's well, not, a good, it's not a good city. It's it's really it's yeah. one of the worst 
like median income cities in Illinois. Yes. Um, so there you go. But good for them for football, though. That's pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, you lose, and then you try to get in court, and the judge has no way. And then yeah. uh, the other team goes, and they lose. So you're like, oh, maybe we could have beaten them. You never know. You never know. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> we want to thank Steve Ribeiro for, uh, for calling in. You can follow him at Steve Ribeiro uh, on Twitter. So uh, email the show, podcast at gmail.com. We always like the iTunes reviews or do, do that. Also, tweet us at Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Sometimes I post little pictures of what Jeff Goldblum looks like oh. in the movies. So uh, if you want to see the latest Jeff Goldblum picture. Anyway... I also follow Pat on Instagram. He loves posting his pictures. Talking about Bad P33, posting those his selfies. Also, this Pat Callahan, Pat Callahan44, follow him. I don't him. condone you follow. He, don't, he, did, he can't that condone mean. that, but he can't reject it. So, uh, the show every Thursday, and thank you. And the show's ended. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.